Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers for Secret Invasion Episodes 3 and 4. My name is Jason Concepcion. And I'm Rosie Knight. And welcome to X-Ray Vision, the Crooked Media Podcast, where we dive deep into your favorite shows, movies, comics, and pop culture. In this episode, on previously on, some exciting DC casting news. And there has been a lot of it as the studio has tried been to, a lot. They are trying to tie down these actors before this SAG strike potentially happens don't at midnight leave us. tonight. Please don't do <laughs> Please it. Don't, don't leave us. us. Don't do it. So there's lots of DC casting news in the airlock. Secret Invasions Episode 3 and 4. And we have questions. <laughs> we have questions. <laughs> Lots of questions. In Nerd Out. Why am I doing this? I don't know. Sorry. It's you. You're impersonating me. You're a scroll. <laughs> uh, a very relevant Secret Invasion theory. And coming up next, previously on. Okay, first up, some DC casting news. It was announced today, today's Wednesday, July 12th, that Barry's Anthony Kerrigan, Ooh. a.k.a. NoHo Hank, AKA gentleman, I see around town on a regular basis. I, I ate dinner from him one table over, and he seems like a wonderful gentleman. We'll be playing Metamorpho, AKA Rex Mason, in what has to be one of the most perfect castings out of the ten box. 10 out of 10, we've seen. no notes, best casting ever. Like, this, <laughs> yes. is, this is the kind of casting where you just put it in a group chat and you're like, perfect. And everyone's just like, perfect. perfect. I'm so glad I saw this. Like, this is incredible. Give the casting director a million dollars. Give James Gunn some props because I'm sure this was one of the things that he was like excited about doing. This is such a fun character, Metamorpho, created by Bob Haney and one of my icons, Ramona Fredon, still making comics to this day. She's an icon. Debuted in The Brave and the Bold 57 in January 1965. Really good, weird character. Been in The Outsiders, Doom Patrol, Justice League Europe, Seven Soldiers of Victory, Justice League Task Force, and more. Just like a super good weird, deep-cut DC character. So let me ask you a question before we get into these yeah, other ones. Please, 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 please. Is this really a Superman movie? Because there are a lot of characters that have been cast. We're talking about one of the biggest ensemble movies since, like, Endgame with the amount of characters. So how do you balance a Superman origin story, a Superman Lois Lane working in, you know, the Daily Planet kind of story? How do you balance that with... Metamorpho and all these other cool castings that we're about to get into. I think that it is going to be a Superman origin story, but a Superman origin story in the sense of it will be the the uh, reveal of Superman to the world. Mm. Clark Kent has been working as a reporter, doing stuff that you know he knows about his powers. Maybe he's flown around and saved a few people here and there, a bus from falling into cat a river, from a tree, a cat from a tree, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, but now with other superheroes mm. and supervillains in play, the supervillains perhaps start overpowering 
the superheroes, the you know, the very whatever version of early versions of of a super team they have here. And so Superman has to reveal himself and be like, okay, I guess I'm gonna step. I like that. I think that's I think great. that's what it's gonna be. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll tell you my theory after we reveal some of the other characters, because I think those are sure. the, the selling point to me. Um next up, Isabella Merced. Vanity Fair exclusively announced, will play Hawkgirl. Isabella Merced, uh, you're familiar with from the absolutely appalling Sicario Day of the Soldado. (laughs) Terrible, horrendously uh, awful movie. Its politics are truly, truly outrageously bad. Uh, I enjoyed the first Sicario. The the sequel is terrible. And also Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Actually delightful. Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend if you have not seen it. It's a joy. And I will say the inclusion of a hot girl mm-hmm. kind of has me feeling this is kind of why I say I, I wonder if it's going to be like a Justice Society kind of yeah. thing. And then the Justice Society just gets like murked. Mm. And so Superman has to be like, OK, I'm here. That's a really great point, actually, because we know that that was what if we look at James Gunn's patterns, with Suicide Squad, he announced all these different people playing all these different deep cut heroes and then killed them off in the first, yeah. you know, five minutes of the movie. Now, do I think it's going to be that quick? Probably not. But I do think Hawkgirl's a really interesting addition. I like your thing about the JSA. I think that's right. This is such a weird deep cut character. It's just like Hawkman. There's like multiple versions. Like the original version mm-hmm. is the wife of Carter Hall, who is, you know, I guess in the old days, the associate of the Justice Society, they're like, she can't be in it. She's just a woman. But she was created by Icon Gardner Fox, love him, Dennis Neville, from Flash Comics number one, January 1940. That's how old this character is. There's been like other different versions. The Thanagarian, one who is the wife of Carter Hall, spelt differently. Another Gardner Fox with Joe Cuba. And then Kendra Saunders, who's like the modern one that I think most people know. James Robinson, David S. Goya, friend of the pod. Good old David, icon, superhero movie icon, and Steven Sadowski. And that's like a 90s version. I think knowing James, this is probably going to be an amalgamation slash something a little bit new because they're, apart from in the DCAU, the animated films and the TV, I would say that is the real definitive version of Hawkgirl for a lot of people is the animated DC version. So I think there's space on screen for a, Really great Hawkgirl. There was a Hawkgirl in the CW, but I feel like this could be a really cool space. Also, Hawkman was played by Aldous Hodge in the much maligned, rightfully so, Black Adam. But (laughs) Aldous Hodge was brilliant. That was cool casting. The costume looked great. I would like to maybe see him come back. It's just bonkers to me. Like, that is such an out there casting for a Superman movie. Yeah. But it's not the last out there casting. It is not the last out there casting. We continue. Edie Gethegi, uh, who you uh, who we know as from X-Men First Class and what was possibly the worst death in a Marvel-related film of a character that definitely should not have died. Darwin, his literal power is he always evolves. We know <laughs> that you're all sick of hearing about this because people like us talk about it all the time, but it's true. I'm so happy to see him get his props here and get a new character. Also, a very cool character, Mr. Terrific. I love this character. I think this is so cool and out there, and I was absolutely not expecting this. Um, uh, tell us about Mr. Terrific. So Mr. Terrific's really cool. He has a cool jacket that says <laughs> Fair Play, 
and it is a legacy mantle. So there's been multiple different versions. There, there was actually a really cool version in the CW played by Echo Kellum, who I really like, uh, Curtis Holt. But this is going to be the Michael Holt character created by John Ostrander, Tom Mandrake. The great really cool creative Suicide team. Squad creator, And he's John like Ostrander. a super intelligent inventor. But yeah, he created the T-Spheres and that's his weapon. And he has this really iconic costume design that is like a leather a leather kind of racing jacket and he has the T painted on his face. Now, the art that they used for this was by Alex Ross, which is the most probably the most famous art. And I would say, yeah. this is the one where with the other characters, look, don't quote me on this. This is a tinfoil hat theory, oh, right? Okay, but I, I'm excited. This, to me, this feels like James Gunn's doing a Kingdom Come movie. Like the roster of Ooh. characters, something that's so different. He's the leg. What is the legacy of Superman? Su the movie's called Superman Legacy. Like, is the legacy that there's this threat that he cannot deal with, so other heroes have to come in and be involved in it? I I just feel like, to me, these kind of out there characters, especially like with Mr. Terrific and the next one, it is feeling Kingdom Come ish. But I also I think that is a huge ambitious leap for the first movie in the dcu because it's essentially elseworlds but i'm not gonna lie this is this be giving me kingdom come vibes with all these castings wow well here is the here is the uh the, the final announced casting nathan fillion of of lots of things that you probably like fame, <laughs> including firefly and more uh, will portray a Green Lantern, specifically Guy Gardner, as confirmed by James Gunn on Twitter. And this only bolsters my theory that a lot of these people gonna are die. Dying. I in know. The first look, David Fillion will he die. Always in this movie. Look, he was he was, you know, the detachable kid, aka like James <laughs> Gunn's version of Arms Fall Off Boy. He died then. You know, he played the yeah. the security guard in Guardians of the Galaxy who was always ragging on the Pete Davidson character. Like he didn't he didn't kind of have a main role. Nathan Fillion definitely doesn't seem like he's gonna survive long, especially as Guy Gardner, who like I love Guy Gardner <laughs> because he is the annoying sure. Green Lantern. But like when you think of Green Lantern, you think of Hal Jordan, John Stewart, or Kyle Rayner. You know, you yeah. don't think of Ginger yeah, Bowl Guy, Guy Gardner, who's always like fucking around and doing some rude shit and annoying everyone. So I would, I like, I think you're right. I, I would not bet on him surviving the movie. <laughs> I, do you think he makes it 20 minutes? I wonder. James Gunn has been doing a good job trying to cast Nathan Fillion in, in a main superhero role for a long time. Nova was one of the ones that everyone yeah. was talking about. Allegedly, there was going to be a poster of him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 where he was going to be Wonder Man, like the kind of Hollywood Wonder Man version. So maybe this is the time where James has found that perfect role for him and he can kind of pop up around the DC universe. But like, is it more likely that the first he's the first Green Lantern we meet and he dies? Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of these characters, of course, will appear in Superman Legacy, a movie that uh, will exist. It <laughs> will exist, and we can't wait to see it. Two years, two um, years. Crazy stuff. Up next, Secret Invasions, episodes three and four. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. 
It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. We're stepping out of the airlock and into New York of 1998 to talk about episode three, Betrayed, of the Secret Invasion television program on the Disney Plus streaming network, directed by Ali Slim, written by Roxanne Paredes and Brian Tucker. We start with with Beto, who is maybe Fury Sun. Feels like he's probably Fury Sun. Can scrolls have babies? I don't know. We're going to be talking about that in this episode. Do they have babies that are human? Do they have humans that turn into scrolls? Unclear. It's a very, it's a very comics thing that would happen. Yes. Um, and uh, we open on Beto. He's being questioned about why he specifically wants to be a warrior in the Scroll Rebellion. He's like, "Well, we got to have a home." <laughs> and the guy interviewing is like, "Great, good answer. That is the." Extent of my uh, question. Feel like it should have been I'm more giving, questions. Uh, here, I would like to hand you uh, the the reins of a very very sensitive mission to uh, to destroy a plane, a UN plane that will be carrying uh, multiple politicians, and you're going to impersonate a soldier. Sounds bad. Uh, Gravik is studying his super scroll machine. The council arrives. He's brought them in to kind of like flex in front of them in front of the machine and he's like okay here's what's going on with my latest attack three scrolls dressed as soldiers they're gonna strike a un facility and then world war three that's it that's the extent of the plan and when world war three happens then we unleash the super scrolls and by the way that's going to be all of us don't just think because i've only got one of these machines and there's a million of us <laughs> That I'm not going to get to every single one of you and give you scroll powers. It's going to take a while, and we're going to have to do some kind of lottery system with numbers <laughs> or whatever, because clearly the bandwidth is not there. I don't know how long this process takes. But we will all get super scroll powers okay, and be weapons of mass destruction. Let's talk about this, yeah. This is his plan to deal with the Avengers, etc. You could do... If maybe you do 10 a day. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to talk. Look, I understand that Marvel was in a... 100,000 days? I understand Marvel was in a sticky situation here as they do not know who their Fantastic Four are going to be yet. And they are not sure when they will be introduced and they wanted to do the Super Scroll. I would have said just wait. Because look, let's be real. If you're going to go against, you know, all these heroes in the MCU, there's so many of them. Just think of the end of Endgame. Like, think about how many yeah. people there are. And this is the powers you have. Extremist, Groot, an ice demon from Loki's we family. We haven't seen the ice we yet. We haven't seen the ice yet. And then, like, one other weird... Oh, uh, one of Thanos's annoying children. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like those... Which I think is just strength. Yeah, That's probably just strength, It's like strength, instead of right? the thing, yeah. yeah. Like, I just yeah. feel like those powers are not really... They don't have the range, if you're going up against the Avengers, like I just. But you know what? You they can they can be like, oh well, we tweaked it. Like obviously the first this is this is Super Scroll. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. When yeah. this comes out, when this comes gonna out, the, it's gonna be like we got the release. Super Soldier Serum. Yeah. Like we got Bucky's metal arms just growing out of <laughs> they're everywhere. Gonna be, they're gonna do. They're gonna be rolling out improvements. Obviously, like once Mr. I like Fantastic they're doing some patches. Like, actually. Yeah, they're gonna 
to be like, hey, update the firmware. We just found a new power guy. <laughs> Clearly, that's what they're going to do. Um, we flash back to New York City, 1998. <gasps> young Fury, younger Fury, walks into a diner, uh, perhaps after seeing uh, one of Sam Jackson's own movies. Do you think younger Nick Fury, did he, like, see Pulp Fiction? Definitely. <laughs> I feel like his, a lot of his aesthetic is based on that. He's like, he's like I've just been to see Sphere, the 1998 oh, wow. sci-fi classic. Maybe I went to see The Negotiator so I could Starring Sharon Stone. prepare to negotiate with this scroll. I believe it. An adaptation of a Michael Crichton novel. Yeah. Michael Crichton, by the way, shocking news. Six foot nine. Oh, my God. I, I think Crichton. about it all the time. I legit think about that all the time. You're six foot nine and you wrote Jurassic Park? This is unbelievable. <laughs> um, so young Nick Fury walks into a diner for a meeting with an agent, and this woman starts flirting with him. Beautiful woman. And Fury soon realizes that this beautiful woman is his scroll <gasps> agent, Vara. Oh, how lucky. She passes him some documents relating to Drakoff, the project manager of the Russian Super Assassin Training Center, the Red <gasps> Room. Thus heard bolstering of it. our, her, ever heard of it? Thus bolstering our, we were right, uh, eligible theory that everything related to Russia is scroll infected. Fury quickly pivots to, and I think, and I'm not sure this holds up to HR scrutiny, immediately pivots to, you looking good. Mm-mm. Damn, this whoever's face and bo- whole, bo- whole vibe that you've taken on, I find it easy on the eyes. I think this is Where's good. Where's the Saber Fury, HR? Give him a call. <laughs> yeah, and Fury's like, who, can I ask, like, who the who the lady you maybe killed or have tied up in a basement or, you know, whatever the case may be, like, who she is? Vara's like, don't worry about it. But... How about this? Get to we could get to know each other. Just you, you like the way I look. Maybe you know uh, we could spend some time together, mm. and, and you could get a get a closer look. And if you're just like HR, I don't know. We worked together. I started together. this conversation, but yeah, we worked together. And she's like, yeah, but like we're secret agents, so technically everything's classified. So this we, is, don't we, we, we don't exist. Uh, we don't. We don't exist. So how do we work together? Don't and exist. Like, oh. Yeah, first like, oh, okay, good point. <laughs> Present day. Fury and Vara are enjoying a married couple breakfast, which she cooked, and it looks good, uh, including coffee. And after cooking this beautiful breakfast, she's like, can I ask you a question? Why haven't you been home in seven years? Okay, let's talk about that. Because I assumed when she showed up, Nick Fury's secret wife, I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Everyone's been telling Nick Fury, oh, you're washed. Why have you been hiding in space? Rare, rare, rare. And I was like, no. Nick Fury's actually just been spending time with his secret scroll wife. That's actually really That's right. romantic and cool. I've been making and, love to yeah. my scroll wife. But what do you? She's been shape shifting. It's been really weird and freaky. I love it. Yeah. I was like, this is actually an interesting complex layer to this new character. No, this man just disappeared for seven years. She also doesn't know where he's been. Are they still married? She could have just filed him as a missing then, person. He would have been listed dead after seven years. And then Fury has the gall, Oof. the unmitigated gall. This woman just cooked him breakfast, including coffee. Accepted him back into her house Ex- after seven years, no issue. Back into the warmth of their home. She left his wedding ring on the table for him after the, seven years. And then he immediately is like, 
Have you been radicalized by Gravik? Let me ask you this. What the fuck have you been doing for seven years? (laughs) (laughs) Who have you been talking to? (laughs) Have you been talking to Gravik? You better fucking let me know. (laughs) Which is like, come on, Nick. Where the fuck have you been gone? Also, like, didn't she, isn't she that same scroll that introduced him to Gravik? Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe she is chill with him. There's not very many scrolls in the world, allegedly. Actually, there's a million. Just because you... Come on. <laughs> Just because you talk to him doesn't, yeah, anyway. So Vera, you know, is rightfully annoyed at this. And she's like, well, listen, again, for the millionth time, we're going to mention this in this episode and this series. You got snapped. Then you came back. Then you went to space. And now you're here and you have all this unprocessed trauma. And so, you know, it's very, very difficult to have any kind of mm-hmm. quality time with you. And as for what I was doing for seven years, I became me, the me I was before you, end quote. Then she gets a weird, mysterious phone call where she goes, uh, yeah, I I don't know about that. Um, I'll talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right. Okay. Talk to you later. And um, uh, Fury's like, who's that? And she's like, none of your, none of your fucking business. Maybe it's none of your beeswax. Who knows? Who knows? It's none like, none, nothing to do with you, mate. Okay, this relationship is very confusing to me. So they meet in 1998. How long were they actually together for? Like he just breezed off to space. Like also, she is a scroll. She could have just gone to space with him. We know there are scrolls on Saber, but she just chose to be chilling in that. Well, it's also, a nice house. She was an agent. She was yeah. also an agent too. It's not like she was like a scroll. Why did she become teacher, like? like civilian. Yeah. Why did she become like? A funny housewife. I mean, I respect that. The house is here's nice, the, but like, it's confusing. Here's the vibe I got. So post-1998, I think they're together, but they're still doing this, at least in public, this, oh, uh, how are you? And what's going on? So it it seems like they're not together, but they're just doing this kind of like role play mm. thing where it's like their second date, even though it's 15 yeah, years Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. That's my Weird. theory. We go to New Scrollers. <gasps> Uh, Gravik wakes up Gaia. He tells her uh, that Brogan was, the, you know, the boiling blood guy. <laughs> so you boiled his blood and his body was likely the guy who tipped off the cops to their plans. Gaia's like, uh, Gaia's like well, listen, Brogan was weak and uh, I will never fold under torture. And she hasn't had her blood Yeah, try saying that when so your blood's been like, boiled by Olivia yeah, Colman because that didn't look up. fun. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, and then she throws some further dirt on Brogan's grave by saying it was Brogan. He's weaker than you thought. And then Gravik's like, "Okay, be ready tomorrow for a secret thing." And then next scene is tomorrow the secret thing. It's why why have the line be like, "Be ready tomorrow." Just cut to the scene. Yeah, you don't have to anyway, say that. With that yeah. is a recurring problem, as we'll get into. Also, I just want to say, Gaia is like a stone cold bitch. Yeah, she literally snitched thank you to the discord members who pointed this out she snitched to talos who called the police on the safe house and then brogan was murdered for it brogan who did not give up the safe house by the way when his blood was boiled and then she's out here chatting mad shit about him like oh he was so weak i'm like this man you gotta do what you gotta do so that you could just snitch to your dad she's on our side She's on our side. She's trying to stop World War III. I, we think, I don't know. Uh, 
So uh, they go to the, they're going to the thing. They're in a car. Gravik tells uh, Gaia that he's going to meet with her dad, Talos, and the subject of the conversation. Guess what? It's you. And then while he's in the car, he extremely suspiciously and in a in a conversation that is clearly bait is like, yes. Submarine Neptune, longitude, latitude. Yes, that's exactly where we're going to do it. Goodbye. And then hangs up. And so she puts that information on puts it on a phone. But then, smartly, some good tradecraft here, she doesn't text it. She has it passed manually to him. So it doesn't, like, trigger their communication security, which she actually does trigger later when she actually is called by her dad. Anyway, Gravik and... and um. Talos sit down, they're in a museum, they have a little, you know, graphics monologuing about the difference between statesmen and warriors, and he's like, uh, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be a warrior statesman, I'm going to get blood on my hands, I'm going to build this fucking nation, let's go to the cafe and have an espresso and talk <laughs> about it. So they sit down, and Talos is like, hey, I got a pitch for you, stop doing terrorist shit. <laughs> Oh, why didn't anybody ever try this before? Has anybody ever How, gone to Gravik and just asked him just to stop? stop? I'm sure. You know what? I think Nick has probably done it at some point. I think Vara's probably Gravik. done it at some point. I think Gaia's probably done it at some point. Gravik, you gotta stop. Taylor, was this really your best plan? You were like, I'm gonna buy an was... overpriced museum prepackaged sandwich and sit down. And I'm gonna espresso. And I'm gonna sell tell and I'm gonna this ask Gravik to stop. Well, and what do you think he said? Gravik is... Gravik is like, no, I'm going to continue <laughs> absolutely killing people. fucking not. <laughs> I'm going to continue doing terrorist stuff. And by the way, doing terrorist shit is why I'm on the council and you're not on the council, you fucking loser. And P.S. I got your daughter. I'll kill her anytime I want. Woo! And Talos, of course, loses it at this. And he is about to attack Gravik, but then he realizes, oh, shit, I'm surrounded by scrolls. Uh, Who will turn into Gravik, she- by the way? Very Mr. Smith from The Matrix. Right. But also, well, it saves assets also. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it saves, it Cost saves costing budget. And then, and also, uh, you know, it's interesting that Talos and other scrolls don't have, you'd think there'd be. Is that like not a like scroll a sense? sense. They, or, or just like an extreme paranoia to be like, are all these people scrolls? Anybody? It like, is weird and, that anyway. their own power that they understand is like so unbelievably impactful, but they just never expect other people to be using it. It's definitely an an odd narrative choice. Also, I feel like Talos, he's not really the, he's not really doing his best secret agenting here. Like when he's like, I could kill your daughter. And instead of Talos being like, oh, that's just something dumb that someone like this would say, he probably like gets up in his face in the middle of the museum cafe where some grannies are just trying to chill. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. It's just like, my guy, like take it down a notch. (laughs) Chill out. Um, Talos is like, hey, um, I don't know if you thought this through, but like World War III, I think it would be very, very destructive. Well, war is bad. And also, and I think this is a good point, it would be destructive to us because, of course, the human superheroes would get involved and we'd probably be driven to the brink of of extinction. And uh, the humans are much more formidable than you think. And uh, yes, they are very disunited right now and they're at each other's throats and it certainly looks bad, politicization and uh, yada, yada, yada. But if an outside enemy comes, guess what? They're going to fucking unite. So think about it. And then uh, Talos also says, 
there's a silent majority of Skrulls who agree with me, and we're all going to work against you. Don't ask me to name them right now, but they're there. <laughs> don't ask for a list or, re- or proof. Don't ask for a... I, yeah, I know you have a full like operational colony in Russia of all the people who agree mm-hmm. with you, but I have like an email list or something. I got I'll, a I'll mailing get back to you, list. But there's a lot of people. It's it's like a certainly a majority of the million people. that are here. And don't you dare fucking talk about my daughter again. And he puts and then he gets Gravic around the neck and stabs him through the hand and then just fucking pieces out. The bodyguards are like, just let this one happen because it's gonna be cool. And then <laughs> and then Gravic pulls the pulls the knife out of his hand and guess what? It's extremist, the extremist part of the super scroll. Uh, procedure and he just like fucking heals oh. up. They perfected it. Yeah, they perfected it off screen. Sorry to the well, there aliens. Of it kind of Iron Man three. It kind of makes sense in the sense that you know, shouts to Aldrich Killian, but he was a little bit off his rocker. Mm-hmm. And I and they had and they're you know they have theoretically access to better technology. They have like spaceships but and they shit do, and they have like smart people. They have two human scientists who are helping them. I will say and, I do like your read. And their genetic their genetic makeup is obviously yeah, yeah. very, very I different. Do, so they can probably I like take your it read where it's just like this is a fun like do ex machina for the MCU now. Scrolls are smarter. If there's a problem, the scrolls can fix scrolls it. it. Scrolls, scrolls are smarter. It's happening. The scrolls know. Um later at a bar over a traditional English breakfast. Delicious. Um Fury and Talos meet up. Talos is like, you know, and this is the real marriage here. <laughs> this is the marriage of this I want to see. This is the real one. Yes. Every time they're together, I'm like, great. Just let these guys roll. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, Talos is like, you only ever want to talk about business. Like, you never want to talk about me. I just stabbed Gravik through the hand and tried to pitch him on not doing the terrorism stuff and I don't want to talk about that because it was it was I ended up with a lot of egg on my face and now I just want to eat my English breakfast and Fury is like okay got it but listen I have info about a rebel scroll posing as a very highly placed U.S. political figure and then Talos is like okay well um why don't you why can't you ever say that you just like need help that you're you are kind of washed now and you need me. And so can I just hear it? Like that Nick Fury needs help from me, Talos. And Nick Fury's like, I need you. I can do it. Yeah. And he whispers Which it. I thought was actually very it touching. Was, but he also like whispers it in his ear. Like this is definitely the kink of their marriage. Like Nick's like comes up behind him and he's like, I need help. I need your help, Talos. Talos then shares the info that Gaia passed to her on the burner phone. Fury calls Sonia. Uh, who is just being wonderful in her office. I miss her. <laughs> Ask, yeah, I do miss her too. And she's asking, and he's asking about Neptune, which is a British submarine. And so he's like, uh, you know, I don't want to talk to you because you bugged my owl, you son of a bitch. And now I have to put a little eye patch over the owl like you. And Nick says, hey, Gravik's trying to start World War Three, So could you like stop fucking around with the owl and and talk to me about like who the commander of this sub base is. Like, do you ha- just have that information of this like one of the military many military bases like around that you just like know the kind? She's like, yeah, I got it. It's <laughs> Captain Robert Fairbanks in Portsmouth. I was gonna say, I feel like uh, she gave. She sad- just had it. Can I just say, Nick Fury is like on the run. He is uh, suspected of being part of a terrorist attack in Russia that was done for the American government. And he is seen on video shooting Maria thank Hill in you. the guts. And, and she's just like, yeah, you can have it. Like She's like, don't worry like about Jack, it. Here's this guy. She fl- 
He is he is the main suspect in the Jack Rubying of Maria Hill. Can I also? <laughs> and it's clearly him. Can I also just say as well, like she knows that scrolls exist. So, like, how does she know this is Sam and not a scroll? She's. I mean, that's a fucking great point. <laughs> <laughs> because the scroll wouldn't know. Well, they don't know about the mind reading shit, oh. but like the scroll wouldn't know about the bug. Yeah. So, but then she brought yeah, it up, so, so like, it's uh. like you know they're very tricky. Anyway, uh, Talos uh, in what is a very very funny exchange that I think this could have been more of the yes, show. Yes, I agree. Talos is like, I don't get what. Why do you guys like dogs? Mm-hmm. Like. So you just like walk around and pick up their shit, and it's like, man, work this into a tight five, Talos. Yeah. I think you have a second act coming as like a stand up. <laughs> you know, uh, scrolls be like, um, it could be, it could be good material for you. Fury is like, you know what? Uh, I know that we've had a rocky relationship of late, but in this metaphor, you are my dog, <laughs> and that's. Why did Fury Why did he say that? He's like, I've been picking like, up your shit for 19 years. What the fuck? <laughs> that's a fucked up you 30 years or whatever. Like, that's fucked up, on. Nick Fury. Why did you that, say that? I thought you're trying to be friends with him again. Like, what is occurring? Talos, Talos then makes a very, very good case that, hey, guess what? You wouldn't be where you are, which is clear on the run. But I'm talking about like before yeah, yeah, when that. He was director when you were of Nazi Shield. When you were at... When you were at Saber and when you were the fucking director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that and putting the Avengers together, you wouldn't have been in that position if not for the the very, very important and unheralded work that me and my 19 other Skrull buddies did in disguise at various points along the way of your journey. So acknowledge that, Nick Fury. Also, like, can we talk about the political ramifications of that? So Nick Fury just had, like, weird undercover scroll spies slash assassins who were just, like, doing all kinds of crazy shit, like, planning world events, like, shifting the state of history and politics. That seems like they just blew over that. I would like to, I would like to see that, some more details on what occurred. And also, every, and everybody missed Hydra. Like, compl- like, the scrolls also Yeah, let's talk about that. Actually. No one Everybody gets any credit. Missed, no, no one, one gets, gets any credit. Because, the, honestly, the litany of people, Peggy Carter, fucking <laughs> Captain America, uh, the Agent 42, like, the amount of... Uh, Tony Howard Stark. Tony Stark's dad. Like, fucking Hank Pym. The amount of very, 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 very smart people. Talos, all the scrolls. Who? <laughs> How did the scrolls the miss it when they're like was almost entirely shape shifting into people crazy. who were obviously Nazis at Come some on, point, guys. and they just didn't know? Like I refuse to believe. Anyway, they missed it. Fury and Talos arrive at Captain Bob's. Uh, Talos uh, wants to go in in disguise, but that immediately gets blown up, and so then Fury has to just kill like half a dozen. Ooh, scrolls so many scrolls. They get in. Uh, Nick Fury's, you know, going up the stairs. Uh, Talos is already up there. He gets a phone call and it's Talos and Talos is like, yeah, I'm up here. Come on up. But he understands that, no, Bob has Talos prisoner. He gets up there. And yes, that is the case. Bob has Talos with a gun to his head. But Nick is fucking ruthless. He comes in with Bob's 
potentially human son, is it, the is, real Bob's son, what I need to know. Zachary. So and Bob, <laughs> he has a gun to Zachary's scroll head. Bob He's like, I will. Seems upset. So is that Scroll Bob's right. son? Is Scroll Bob just feeling the human emotions of human Bob? Is right. the he son got so lost in the Bob sauce? I don't. There's so I many think, questions. I think. I think what happens. And we've seen this kind of happen in the comics, right? Where the scroll is doing it for so long. Yeah, yeah, but you can almost forget you're a scroll for sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, potentially Bob's been doing it a while. And when they take the memories out of Bob and put it into fake Bob, I think if you live it for long enough, then some of the emotions clearly cross Mm -hmm. over because you're absolutely right. Fake Bob was is lost in the real Bob sauce and was like Zachary... I don't want anything bad to happen to Zachary because he's not my son and I'm about to help start a war that's going to kill billions. But this fucking human kid who's not my son, please don't kill him. Don't kill him. And so uh, Fury's like, well, listen, I'm going to kill this kid who's not your son unless you call off um, the strike on the plane that will be launched from a submarine that is under your command. Um and then all of a sudden, Fury is like, oh, lightning bolt, Talos, just fucking impersonate Bob. And then Talos is like, I can't because Bob knows the super secret abort code that we could never, ever figure out. Just like it, it, we need him to do it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the sub, the missile control people are like, should we really do this? It seems bad to bomb the U.N. Seems, plane. You know, this seems weird. As you know, all politicians regularly travel in one single airbound vehicle for safety reasons, you know, much, much harder to kill them all that way. So Fury goes medieval, starts torturing fake Captain Bob, uh, and it looks like the bomb is really... It's going to happen. The missile is really going to get launched. Then uh, Bob makes the cardinal mistake. Absolutely, he, biggest mistake you could do around Talos was to talk shit about Gaia. <laughs> and so then Talos shoots Bob. Wow, that's fucked up. And now, so, okay, now Bob is dead. And then sorry, Talos Bob. calls Gaia and he's like, Gaia, listen, sorry to, to, to blow your cover like this right now. Because as he's calling her, the scroll communication security people are like, oh, fuck, our communication's been cracked. Um. Talos is like, listen, I need you to find Captain Bob's human body in the fucking body storage. And I need you to, like, uh, fast forward through his memories and get me the abort password so we can stop World War III. She's like, OK. She goes down there. She, uh, she you know, takes out the guards, gets into the fucking human uh, uh, cold storage, finds Bob, is scrolling through his Bob's, whole life. Like, bl- his Blu-ray fucking playback. <laughs> rewind, <laughs> rewind, rewind. And then guess what? Bob, who is in this like very, very, very sensitive military intelligence role commanding like a whole submarine wing that has the power to fucking launch nukes. And his like abort password is Zachary, his son's name. Unrealistic. Guy. This kid, Bob. What, what the fuck? fuck? Why don't you just pick one, two, three, four, Bob? My favorite, yeah, yeah, one, two, three, four, power sign. My favorite thing yeah. about this is like they like use it as like a really emotional moment. Like Taylor's like, it's his son's name, and I'm like, bro, that's not emotional. That's dumb. Like he's putting his son yeah, at risk. He's on. putting. He couldn't just go on the internet and write password creator. Like he couldn't just yeah. Google one of those good passwords. I'm also pretty sure that. If you have a nuclear sub situation under your command, they probably give you a password 
or a code. I don't think it's just your son's name. Anyway, uh, and then Talos is like, Gaia, now run. We've done it. We've stopped World War III. Talos calls in the abort uh, and uh, no World War III. Later, Fury asks Talos, hey, a quick question. Why didn't you join Gravik? You know, after all, Gravik does have a point. Like, I haven't done jack fucking shit to get any of y'all a planet <laughs> Finally, some accountability. Yeah, right. And so, like, I do, I, I, I'll take that L. Like, I get it. There's a million scrolls here just, like, kicking rocks without anything to do. And, uh, yeah, that might have been my fault. Um, and Talos is like, I didn't, because I'm friends with you. Yeah, we're, like we're married. We're best and, like, BFFs. You're a married couple, and I love you. Meanwhile, Gravik intercepts Gaia before she can get away, and it turns out the whole thing was a... <gasps> was a, a was a, a, a Tyrion Lannister-esque ruse <laughs> to, to flush out the traitor in their midst, and uh, Gravik shoots Gaia. Dun, dun, Vera dun. gets a met. Vera then gets a text message and hurriedly leaves the house. She heads to the train station, then to a safe deposit box in the train station, which contains a gun and a big envelope, and she gets a call, um, and she's like, Okay, blah, blah, blah. I need to speak to Gravik. And the person's like, yeah, well, you're talking to me. End of episode. R.I.P. to Gaia. Wow. I can't believe they fridged two women in this show. Well, I can believe it. But is Gaia really dead? I guess we'll have to talk about episode Tune four. in next week. <laughs> same bat time, yeah. same bat channel. X-Ray Vision will be back. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And we're back. On to episode four, Beloved, directed by Ali Slim, written by Brian Tucker. Gaia comes back to life, <gasps> having secretly given herself the Super Scroll procedure off screen. When? This, How? I, well, I guess just earlier, <laughs> I, I would have, <laughs> I wanted to see her like, <laughs> like sit in the chair and then take like a yes. handle and like push a button. <laughs> <across> <laughs> when we saw this thing, one, it was always surrounded by super scientists. And it was fucking huge. And it seemed like you needed multiple people to do it. She almost got caught when she was just looking at like an old 90s Mac. I'm like, how did she do this without getting <laughs> caught? And isn't that so convenient? Also, I just find it really funny. Like the way Extremis works for the Skrulls is like so sick. Like she just got shot like two times in the chest and it's just like pop, pop, no, no, fine. No I'm living. Not a problem. Good. Not a problem. We go to Paris, 2012. Oh. Vera and Fury are having dinner, and it is sometime after the Battle of New York and the public reveal of the existence of the Avengers. Vera's like, I bet you this guy that I know put the Avengers together seems like something he would do. And Fury's like, what? Uh, Again? That's interesting. Tell me about this man. I, I don't have anything to do with it, but I'd like to know more about this guy. And then Vera says, well, this guy that I know, he uh, believes 
that, you know, the world is a dangerous place and that uh, the weak need to be protected um, by heroes mm. and those heroes need to be put together and they need to be good people and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, I'm reading this Raymond Carver book and Raymond Carver, great, great writer of short stories pick up any raymond carver collection they're very easy to read some of the stories are like three or four pages he was also a poet was also an alcoholic but a really really great writer anyway she then is like here's a poem that i like uh and basically what you need to know is it conveys her love for him we go to the present Rhodey meets vera in a church and it's clear that this is the person uh, that at least she's been having some phone calls with and Rhodey is like yeah i fired fury and it was great and i'd do it again i'd do it every single day of the week if i'd hire him back and then fire him just because i loved firing him so much <laughs> and uh and here's what i want you to do and what you've been working on uh, you're working on assassinating Nick Fury, and I want you to continue working on that. I want you to do I it. Feel... You've had many, many other opportunities but to do, do it, it when now. you've just been at the house, but do it now. I, I feel like it is very over-the-top planning to, like, leave a gun in, like, a safe deposit box that I don't think was at some kind of, like, you know, secret facility or anything like you could have just given her a gun another time yeah. like she didn't need to go there you could have left the gun at the house she should have had a gun in the house this whole time she's married to nick fury so she probably owns why does it a have gun? to be that gun? why does it have yeah, to be, it have be that, that gun, gun? The, the whole thing i have questions about it. also so they meet in 1998 they get together at some point they get married but in 2012, how long has he been away that she didn't know about the avengers initiative this is what kind well, of wedding he's is been this? He's just been, he's just been, you know, I would imagine if you, if you look at like the Avengers initiative, let's say like the run from like Iron Man 2 to the Avengers, he was probably away for like a solid year and a half to two years. I feel like she could have just gone and sent him in a hotel for like one day. Just like in a helicarrier. <laughs> he's just living on the helicarrier, annoying yeah. the Avengers. Yeah. I feel like. There's many cooler ways that she could have bit like assassinated him when she's cooking him all those nice breakfasts he's eating. She could have dropped yeah, a little poison. Stab him with a stab him with bread a bread knife. knife. I mean, oh, yeah. bury him under your very nice mid-century house, or just like you know, kill him and then call the police and be like, "Oh my god, the escaped maniac Nick Fury who killed Maria yeah. Hill is here, and I killed myself in self-defense." No one knows we're married, so there's no way for you guys to connect us together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's no, it's got to be the gun that uh, she has in the safe deposit From box. From Squirrel The very, very, the very, very swank safe deposit box in the train station. I know, I was like, is this I've meant to be like a, a special, like, Switzerland bank? Or is it just in the train station? There's a guy here with, like, he's like a butler. Like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, on. did she, I was like, did she go to a bank? It, but then I listened to the to the like the foley and they mixed in like the, the train, train sounds. station sound. Also, so it's clear that she was just like under the train station. Why did station. they put the gun in the envelope? I felt like that was unnecessary. <laughs> I was like, the gun is just the gun. There's the gun. Is the gun? Is the gun? But yeah, so scroll <laughs> scroll roadie is like. You got to kill Nick Fury, babe. It's time. Kill him. You got to do it. I could have done it. I had a meeting with him, but I want you to I do it. I want you to do it. Vera then tries to argue. She's like, listen, can I be frank with you? <laughs> I've had, I've had um, a dinner and a, and, and a breakfast mm -hmm. now with Nick since uh, he's been back. 
And this guy is not worth he's it. Fucking he's fucking washed. Really n- he's Have you watched another four episodes can, of this show? Everyone knows he it. Can, he's tired. It, he can't do anything. He cannot do anything. And Rhodey's like, no, babe, you got to kill him. She's like, okay. Gaia reunites with Talos, and um, dad's mad that Gaia got legit murdered by Gravik. And she says, don't worry about it. I'm good now. I got the fucking super scroll juice in me, and uh, I'm fighting for you, and I love you. Kind of the same reason that you're using to fight for Nick Fury, because you love him and I love you. (laughs) But also, like, now that we've gone to the stage where like i've been uh shot and and murdered in cold blood could you come up with like a plan yeah, like tiktok get us to the finish of this thing because it really feels like you two old oldies you two fucking boomers are just like kind of by the by the seat of your pants here and um you know what are we gonna do how are we gonna find a a like an actual planet, a place to live. And Talos is like, I don't know. Here's here's what I'm thinking, okay? I, I, I don't know about the planet, but just follow follow this train of thought here. We save the world from World War III. We go to the humans and we go, hey, we saved the world from World War III. How about an amnesty to continue living amongst you in secret? And Guy is like, what? Like, I want to look like a scroll naturally like i want to walk around my house in scroll skin and eat scroll food i don't want to like pretend, like pre- be legally sanctioned to live here but have to live as whoever this body also, is like, like why do i have to it hasn't talos already saved the world like 30 times at this point like couldn't he already have that yeah, leverage don't already have and it? also like he's missing yeah. the, the whole point of leverage you can't like say oh we saved the world already. Can you give us something yeah. in return? The president's going to be like, fuck you, you already saved it. Like, keep staying in yeah. secret. Also, why are you here? He's lived on Earth for 30 years. He should know this by now. You got to go to them, like, with the missile launch and say, hey, I could stop this, but, like, give me your promise Sign a right little paper you, right here. Yeah, do it, and then I'll save the world. And he just needs a good agent. Anyway, he's like, here's what, and and so that is my plan, is amnesty, and by the way, just be patient. I know you want to live in a homeland of your own. And I know it's been 30 plus years because Nick is just fucking dragging this <laughs> thing out. But let's admit it. Five years of that, he was. He was blessed. He was blessed. He was blessed. He was so. So, uh, you yeah, know, let's just be patient. And uh, let's just be patient about it. Um, Vera returns home and Nick is there. Nick says, uh, hey, I'm just dropping in to make you some tea, and uh, and then I'm going to get out of here. But before I get out of here, we got to break up because our relationship is the biggest mistake I ever made. Hush. And I, And you're an alien, and I'm a human. We should have known this was never going to fucking work out. All our dates are super weird where it was like – where, you know, we're having dates that are – 15 years apart, but we're having like versions of the same conversation. Like this is not going anywhere. Also, you've been hired by Rhodey to kill me. I know that because I was listening to that conversation somehow. And um, that's how much I trust you. I bugged you. We are we are done. But before we're done, just tell me like how you came to look like this extremely fine ass. <laughs> and so Vera is like, well, um, this uh, is the body of a doctor. She had terminal heart disease and we were friends and I go to visit her. And uh, but but 
you know, all the time while I was just visiting her, I was also stressed out because like I had this job, which was to like get close to you and spy on you. And then so then eventually when she was like about to check out, I was like, hey, um, do I have your consent to uh, to impersonate you in the afterlife, like with your whole body and everything and forever, and, and maybe not memories, but certainly the way you look and everything. And uh, the dying doctor was like, yes but you have to agree to three conditions. She's like, okay, what are they? One, burial at sea. Okay, easy, no problem, <laughs> check. Two, <laughs> be, uh, you have to continue as you impersonate me, and what are we doing with the death certificate, and how uh, does that work? Don't worry about the sea. legalities about of this. You, you need to continue to pretend to be me to my parents and be a good daughter Fucked to them. Up. And she's like, okay. She's like, easy. No problem. And then three, never hurt Nick Fury. Why would that woman care? How does she know Nick? I guess she's she must have been close to Nick. No, no, no. She she did say like the re the way that she convinced her was asked if she wanted to fall in love. But it wasn't really her. Whoever you fall. It was like Oh, I see. Her body was gonna fall in love. I don't know. Sus behavior. And guess what? She did hurt Nick Fury. That's right. By trying to assassinate him. So whoops. Um, and then they both recite the Carver poem to each other. And at the end of it, they draw their pistols and shoot. And it's actually a very, very tense and exciting scene. And I was like, "Ooh, this is juicy. But then you come back and they both missed on purpose. They shot to the side. Um, and then she asks a very natural question was like, Hey, so if if um, if I was fully scrolled, would we have been together? And then Nick is like, maybe not going to answer. And then he finally is like, I guess we'll never know. Rude. And yeah, and then guess what? We go to we go to Rody's condo where he is indeed a fucking scroll. Everyone and knew, guess what? and now you know. And guess what? Fury is broken into the condo, and he's got a, a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, a very, 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 very rare and very, very expensive um, uh, brand of bourbon that is released, but in released in extremely small numbers. And if you find it, it's got a lot of connoisseurs, and it is delicious. Uh, and the and the and the bottles are extremely pricey. Anyway, of course, Fury has some. Fury is like, listen, I know you're a scroll, uh, and I will not reveal to the world that you were a scroll if you give me my job back. And Scrody is like, no, uh, because let me just show you this video. And then he plays the video of uh, of Nick Fury, graphic as Nick Fury, Jack Ruby and Maria Hill. And he says, look at that. Everybody's going to look at that. And they're going to go, that could only be Nick Fury. It's him. Yes, he looks older and he looks more washed, but that's 100% him. Now get out of here before I defenestrate you, which means to throw out a window fun word. Um, but guess what? The Pappy contained like nano trackers. What the fuck? And so now Where is Nick and so Talos getting this tech from? That's like some shit that like fucking Tony Stark had in a warehouse uh-huh. or something. Just and so now Talos and Nick know where Rhodey is going, which guess what? They should have put two and two together. But it's going it's Rhodey is going to be part of the attack on President Riston's 
convoy as he leaves Air Force One. So the president gets into his limo and there's a long convoy. They're heading to the summit with the Russians to head off, uh, you know, a potential World War III because of the attack that Gravik uh, formally launched in Moscow. And guess what? Here comes Gravik's attack helicopters. They're launching missiles. The fucking Ristin's limo gets turned over. Ristin's fucking concussed. He's concussed. He's strapped into a seat. Gravik and the and the scrolls are they repel down and they're killing everybody and they're speaking Russian. So everyone's like, "Oh shit, it's the fucking Russian!" <laughs> Fury and Taylor spring into action. They like drive. They just drive. They, up just and dra- they drive I'm through like, the woods. Where is the security for Air Force One? This roadie is literally like one. I just want to say, I realize this as we're talking here. Did they really need to put like nano trackers in the whiskey? No, because, because you're just like, bro, wait a second, literally the president works is here. for the president, bro. He's yeah, always with like, the president. I, That's why the scroll is Brody. Yeah, like, you did not need a tracker for that. And then, yeah. And then Brody didn't think to just like add some more security or like the American government didn't think to. Talos and Nick Fury, two old guys, they just drive onto the runway like, hi. Yeah, but Nick is Nick. It, everybody says he's washed, but he's clearly still got some of that old, you know, guile mm-hmm. because he starts turning the tide. And uh, when Gravik learns that Fury is there, he's like, "Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to be Groot now. Pull out the, I'm going to have to pull out the super soldier, the super scroll powers." Talos is hit because Gravik is like fucking. Somebody will somebody fucking shoot I'm Talos. I'm sick right? of him. Talos, Talos is trying to use his uh, scroll strength to like punch out. Riston's fucking. Uh, He's not very good at it. I have to say, it nobody looked like can open the. Car? He looked like he had only old man strength. I thought it took too long. Should have just kicked so it. He's trying to punch it. So he gets shot as he's trying to punch it out, right? And then. Because he's wounded, he now he starts losing control of his form. He's like fucking turning half scroll, and the Fury has to like stop various American uh, Secret Service agents from killing Talos because they're like, "Oh shit, there's an alien! He, one of the aliens is here." Um, Talos then, you know, bleeding out, manages to break the window on Ritson's uh, car, and then Fury is like, "Okay, we're surrounded by fifty Secret Service agents." But I, a 70-year-old old man with a bad knee and one eye, I am going to carry the president to safety. Talos, There's like a hundred soldiers and, there with like AK-47s. Talos, you stay here and bleed, and I'll mm. be right back after I carry the president. And so Fury leaves to go get Ritz into his special Range Rover that is there somehow. And while he's doing that, guess what? Of course, Gravik, pretending to be a soldier, is like, hey, I'll help you. You need help, buddy? Picks up Talos and in front of Fury, who realizes like, oh, fuck, I did the <laughs> stupid thing, which is leave my best friend my slash what a fuck. married partner, my partner in marriage, uh, and in the midst of scrolls, and now a scrolls got him, and it's got to be Gravik, and yes, it was. And fucking Gravik guts Talos, and Fury shoots him in the head, but guess what? The extremist thing, they really, they, again, they, they have perfected, perfected it. it. So his, this shit just comes his back. His head just grows back. Whoop. Whoop. And then Talos, I guess he's He's dead, just laid listen. on the floor. Nick Fury just left him on the floor so he could take Dermot Mulroney. I agree. I would also save Dermot Mulroney. Take him into a special Range Rover for the president. And, uh, and Talos is there. He's on the floor. Is he dead? Jason, you have a good theory about what may occur. I'll tell you, I feel 
very, very sure that the following is going to happen. We've already got Gaia as Super Super Scroll number one of the good guys, right? Super Scroll number two is 100% going to be Talos mm-hmm. because Gaia knows how to run the machinery clearly. Easily. Right? I mean, imagine how much and easier it would be to go, run on someone else, not just yourself. Yeah. And she's going to go, no, my dad, we can't let him die like this. I know how we can save him. We can, And then they're going to give him the Super Scroll procedure. And then it's going to be Talos with the Super Scroll powers alongside his his beloved uh, daughter, who he's been at times estranged from, Gaia. And together with their newfound powers, they are going to defeat Gravik. That's what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that's going to be episode five. I agree. Um, let's see. Rhodey the Skrull, how long? Good question. I, I would... Post to Endgame, yeah, 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 or no, was no. he there in the battle nah, of, I, of, of, of Avengers uh, compound, like, love, scrolling it? I would love that they would... <laughs> you know how I feel about it. This should I don't think they should have called it Secret Invasion. I think they should have... If they were going to call it that, I think they should have played closer. I think this version of Rhodey, the way they got Dom playing him, which is really fun, but, like... I think this is new. I think all the scrolls we see is like a relatively new situation. I don't I think Rhodey and Tony, they had their little relationship. They were living their life. This explains probably why Rhodey doesn't have any leg braces or any kind of help with his back after it got broken. Yeah, so just, this is this up. is relatively new. I think this is a post blip situation. I think this probably is like a three days before the show started kind of situation. Is, so Rhodey is Rhodey is on one of those electric sleds in the basement mm-hmm. too. It's hooked up to the Blu-ray player that has exactly. Their life, life Go through there and screen. find out when Tony got called Tony Stank. You can be like playing the best moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, other questions. What do you think? Uh, Talos dead. No, I think you're right. I think Talos is coming back, baby. I mean, there's two more episodes left, which is almost half of the show. And this show was sold on the idea that the reason it wasn't going to be like the comics was because of this Ben Mendelsohn, Sam Jackson chemistry, which I do agree with. So hopefully we see more of that. Or maybe this will like radicalize Gaia and he really is dead. And then Gaia and Nick Fury will be together or Nick will have to stop Gaia from killing Gravik for some reason because, you know, that they always decide somebody shouldn't die. It's... It's going to be very interesting. I have no idea where the next two episodes are going to go in like a long-term impact. But I will say my one my one takeaway, I think, I think they are obsessed with the president, even though he's like never in the show. And I do understand. Yeah. I, Dermot Mulroney, I love you. So I understand that. But like, I, I think, and I understand that in like a, an espionage style thriller or a spy movie or an action movie. A lot of times they'll be like, we got to save the president. So I do understand it could just be coming from that, right? He is the most powerful man in the world. We got to save him. But I think the obsession with the president, saving the president, putting the president that we've never heard of, that isn't someone from the comics, as far as I know, President Ritson, I think that the president's either going to die or become replaced by a scroll at the end of the show, and that's kind of the the end goal of the series. I think you had a good take before we started rolling, which is that this is going to dovetail directly into Thunderbolts, which I agree. It feels with. Like, like it. You've now you've now had a scroll attack, possibly with the collusion of Nick Fury and others. People are like not going to trust the superheroes. There, there's going to be no more trust, and we're like, we need to have the superheroes we can trust, that we control, mm-hmm. that we have brainwashed, maybe. Exactly. Even. And and I think that I think that that is potentially yeah. what's so going to I think directly the into a finale will be like, Ritson gets killed, 
potentially. And then you open the door for President Thunderbolt Ross, which we know is going to happen with Harrison Ford. And then, oh, <laughs> hilarious. Can't wait to see. I, I'm I sure it. he's going to be in it for I like five it. minutes before he gets CGI turned into have Red Hulk. Hey, well, have you seen that clip where somebody's like, so are you going to be the Red Hulk? And he was What's like. What's the Red Hulk? Who? Who? <laughs> I love him so much. He's like the most fun. Um, and then yeah. the other, all the other options I think are, I think it could be quite likely that like, Talos, if he survives, maybe he takes, pretends to be the president. And the idea is like, well, oh. Nick and the scrolls and, and, and Saber can control the threat. Or the more Thunderboltsy version, I feel like that would lead him better, would be like if Gravik ends up replacing the president. So you have I love, that. I love the idea. I love the idea of Talos or another scroll as the president and just like signing random executive orders that now everyone has to plant these like scroll eggplants. <laughs> You gotta have these delicious eggplants. They're great for the environment and delectable. Every man, woman, and child in this country must plant twelve scrolls. It's time for the eggplant planting. (laughs) Okay, up next, nerd out. In today's Nerd Out, where you tell us what you love and why, a theory you're excited to share, or a quick question we can answer, Mike from Loveland offers a scroll celestial theory. Hello, X-Ray crew. Hello, Mike. A very long shot theory with major, major implications that I wanted to float your way. In the comics, scrolls are famously tampered with by celestials, just like the humans in the Kree. What if in the MCU they're even more compatible than we've been led to believe? Gravik is messing with scroll DNA. What if some of those million scrolls and humans have been messing around with DNA the old-fashioned way, a.k.a. having sex? You You see where I'm I'm going? Well, if that's what mutants are. Over and over they tell us these scrolls are mostly good and just want families. They got busy making it happen. Long story short, Kamala Khan's father in the MCU is a scroll. Boom! I like it. He said, I know no more probably invalidates this theory law, but we love an outrageous theory. I do think that when they eventually get around to mutation, it's going to be, we've talked about this before, but it's going to happen several different Mm -hmm. ways. There's going to be the the weird alien energy way. There's going to be the interdimensional way. There's going to be the inbreeding with aliens way. And there's going to be the the straight up, you're just born with powers kind of way. And I, listen, I think, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're right, Mike, because Beto, is gotta be Nick Fury's son with Rama. and we know I think that that, has that to Captain be the case. Bob had a son and he loved his son. Now was that his real son? And if his real son was his real son a human or was his son a scroll or was that someone else's son? Right. There is a lot of questions around scroll biology. Right? Maybe he's been Captain Bob for so long that he was just like, Fuck, I'm gonna have I guess a baby, I have a, a kid, gotta I'm do it, baby. Gotta I can't, do it. I can't keep putting this off. My with wife, my human she really wife. wants me to have this baby. <laughs> I also think now that we're getting into this super scroll situation, that unlike the Jack Kirby Stanley version that we all know, which is to do with the Fantastic Four is more of the vein of they've biologically manipulated the scrolls to have these powers. If these yeah. scrolls then had kids, you could have kids in the future 
who had similar powers. Though we know mutants don't tend to have genetic powers that match their parents. But I think that there's some interesting stuff here. And I think basically this could definitely be a contender for We Were Right in the Future simply because I think at the moment the MCU and the people behind it don't necessarily have a set track for where we're going. So I think any of these things, Namor, Kamala, exactly, and then this, they give options for how these things could come to pass when we eventually see the good old X-Men. Can I say one thing Please. I think that they that they needed in early in Secret of Agent is some kind of scene where it's like, well, we had the scroll detector, but it doesn't work anymore. Exactly. Just something. Because there's no way that Nick Fury would have been working with these shapeshifters for four decades without being like, hey, somebody figure out a way to like detect them. Because we can't, this is untenable. We can't just be like walking around wondering if people are aliens. Yeah, like and we if, need some kind of ray and if he, that like it reveals And them. if he can see them with his eyeball, he's doing a good job pretending not to be able to. You know, like if the fur like king live, can sense it. Exactly. Like a they live yes, situation. That would yeah. actually be so sick. 3D man. That would be so That good. would be so like, cool. I agree with you because it just is not believable that they knew the scrolls could shapeshift. And they were just like, oh, that's cool with them just staying on Earth. Don't worry about it. Nothing could go wrong. Yeah. Definitely nothing could go wrong. I agree with you. Can I just say one thing? I think what they need in Secret Invasion, I want to hear Samuel L. Jackson say, there's too many secrets on this motherfucking invasion. Like, there's, I just, I, I'm like, just lean into it, guys, at this point. The show's too serious. And there's not enough secrets, actually, I will say. Thanks, Mike. If you have theories, passions, or quick questions you want to share, hit us up at x-ray at crooked.com. Instructions in the show notes. That's it for us, Rosie. Any plugs? Yeah, come see me. I'll be at San Diego Comic-Con having fun, doing some panels. You can check my Instagram for the panel information. My Instagram's Rosie Marks. And then just here, twice a week. Catch the next episode of the X-Ray Vision (gasps) program on July 19th when we will be covering Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. This is the this is the trend of the summer, mm-hmm. is the big movie that's actually only the first part of the movie. Fast and the Furious did it first. Now Mission Impossible is going to do it second. We're going to be having a <gasps> uh, very special guest, Shea Serrano, on the program. Most honest guest that we've ever most had. Most honest guest ever. <laughs> uh, we're going to be discussing the entire Mission Impossible series and, of course, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which I think he's going to see tonight. Ooh. And you can watch full episodes of the podcast on YouTube, including our Dark Knight special featuring Shea Serrano. Also check out yes. our Twitter at XRVPod and our Discord where you can hang out with me and Jason and a ton of cool fans. Five star ratings, five, five, five star five, reviews. Five, five, we five, need five, them. Five, we got to have them. You got to give them to us. Here's one from J.R. Scherer. Listen to this podcast. Oh, thank you. Jason and Rosie are great hosts, and I love their immense enthusiasm. It's also super rare that this old nerd me says, well, actually, while listening, and that's impressive. Well, thank you very much, Appreciate it. Sure. X-Ray Vision is a Crooked Media production. The show is produced by Chris Lord and Saul Rubin and executive produced by me, Jason Concepcion. Our editing and sound design is by Vasilis Fotopoulos. Video production by Delon Villanueva and Rachel Gajewski. Social media by Awa Okalati and Caroline Dunphy. Thank you to Brian Vasquez for our theme music. See you next time. See you next time.